Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. It's just bears worth repeating that Wednesday morning, I, I'm on a little bit of a, a, an assignment with God that this is, that I'm, I'm not to prepare. It's very easy when you're preparing to go to Google and, you know, this preacher and that preacher, and, and you, you bring other DNA streams in. Wednesday morning is, is uh, the Holy Spirit kind of gave me a very, very clear instruction about not being unprepared, but just not being not putting my, my strength on my preparation, but my strength on, on a flow and impartation. The kingdom is about impartation. The kingdom is imparted. And uh, we lay our hands on people who we appoint to leadership, and there's an impartation of gifting, an impartation of anointing. When Jacob is getting to the end of his life, he, he calls Joseph in first. And ask for Joseph's two sons, Manasseh and Ephraim. And they come in and he says, your two sons are mine. Any sons that you have after this belong to you. But these two belong to me. And it can sound selfish, but it wasn't. It was because he, he was robbed of Joseph. And so he says, Joseph, there's a, there's a blessing on my sons. But I'm going to include your sons because of what the devil took away. Instead of just the blessing being on Joseph's house, the blessing is going to be on Joseph, on Ephraim, and on, on Manasseh. And so they came in. They, they are now part of the territory of, of Israel because of, of that moment. But, but Jacob carried an anointing. That anointing came from Isaac. That anointing came from Abraham. He carried something. In the, he carried something that even Pharaoh showed respect. They, they did 10 weeks, 70 days of mourning when Jacob passed away because he carried something in the earth that was from heaven. And I just want you to know that, that the church is not an organization. The church is not a corporation like Google or like Microsoft or Adobe or Tesla. We're, 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 even though we want to be organized, we're not an organization. The, the, the church is a living organism. It's literally heaven's repre representation on the earth. We are at our best when we walk in that anointing. We are at our greatest when we carry the touch from heaven. We are at our worst when we try to be like the world around about us. So the title of my message this morning is The Inverted Upside Down Reverse Opposite <laughs> Kingdom. The inverted, upside down. Is it upside down? Oh, I love you. Look at you. Can we put our hands together? That is none other than the great media team, Ruby and the team up there. I just sent that like 35 minutes ago, maybe. Even reverse is in reverse. Come on, I love that. So the inverted, upside down, reverse, opposite kingdom. So it was so funny. I was laying in bed last night completely forgetting about Awaken You starting today. And, uh, and the Holy Spirit said, this is, this is what I want you to preach tomorrow. 
Um, and you're going to feel like it's a little bit of opposite day. So, but anyway, come with me in your Bibles, Luke chapter 17, verse 33. The first thing that I, I want you to know is that Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. God created the heavens and the earth. The heavens and the earth. The word heavens there is the word hashamayim, and the word earth is eratz, or ha-eratz, the earth. And hashamayim literally means the sky waters. The sky waters. God was making a distinction between the heavens and the earth. And God reached into the earth and made man. When we pray, as we heard uh, Jorge when he got up to pray, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So earth is meant to be a reflection of heaven. A um, little bit of a confession time right now. Uh, I, I will get in a little bit of trouble but because Leanne hasn't, probably isn't aware of this. But um, <laughs> when, when, when you look into the mirror, it, you, you, it's a reflection. You see your reflection. But everything is opposite. So even though this is my right hand on the mirror, it's on the left-hand side. And so um, I have clippers at home. Well, I didn't today, but I did last week or whenever it was. Anyway, and so it's really hard because you can, oh, shoot, because it's opposite. you got to go opposite. And, and it, it takes a little bit of, you know, ambidexterity to to trying to get it right so I'm told not to do it but I do it and uh, unless Becky Lynn's over and then Becky does it Shelly Shelly was good too where's Shelly Shelly Andrioli did it once so anyway but anyway so that's so that's what but 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 you'll notice it's kind of like because your brain is sending signals to this side but it's the exact opposite on that side and so you can some make some mistakes but I like the challenge so I go ahead but I just thought if, 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 if heaven and earth, if there's a reflection, then there's, there's got to be by that a level of opposite, a level of things in reverse. So Jesus says in, in Luke 17, 33, whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will preserve it. It just, just doesn't make sense. Hang on, hang on. So you're saying whoever tries to save his life, ends up losing it. But whoever loses his life saves it. Like, why does Jesus have to speak in riddles? Well, let's go to Mark chapter 8. In Mark chapter 8, 34 to 38, when he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. What will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of him the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, if you are ashamed of heaven, if you're ashamed of me in the earth, one day you'll stand in heaven. And because you appeased because you blended with because you were compadre with the spirit of the world and ashamed of me when you get to heaven heaven is going to be ashamed of you 
So, so that he, he's trying to encourage the disciples, man, you take up your cross, deny yourself, follow. In this world, you're going to be persecuted. But if you are persecuted in this life, if you are persecuted for the gospel, if you are despised because of what you carry, in heaven great will be the praise, great will be the crown, great will be the reward, great will be the glory that you enjoy. But here on the earth, we have to endure the fact. So that, that's so I was preaching on Sunday, and I just said that the, the spirit of woke, the, the, the woke woke gospel woke preachers is it's 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 congruency with the spirit of the world at the expense of the spirit of god that's all it is they've just decided no we want to walk with the spirit of the world rather than the spirit of god <clears throat> all right so john 12 24 uh, says most assuredly i say to you that unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies it remains alone but if it dies it produces much grain he who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant shall be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Um, all right, let, let, me, let, me, let me kind of jump around on some other scriptures before, before we go into that one. Go to, um, let's go all the way to Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15. Genesis 3.15. I'm just going to kind of, Throw a few scriptures out and then try and put it all together. Genesis 3.15, Adam and Eve have just sinned. They're hiding fig leaves, trying to blend amongst the trees. God's like, Adam, where are you? And he knows, God knows where we are. God, it's, it's up, Eve. God, we're hiding among the... Why, 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 why are you hiding? Because we were ashamed. Why are you ashamed? I never, I never meant, made you to carry shame. Why would you... Did you eat from the tree that I, she did it. <laughs> the serpent told me. You know, and so, so God comes to, to the woman and the serpent and he says, you know, what, what is this that you have done? And then he says, I'm going to put enmity. I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your seed and her seed. He shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel. The word enmity is is it's hostility, but it's a hostility that cannot be uh, bridged. It's a hostility that cannot be removed. God established enmity between the devil's seed and the woman's seed. The woman that he's talking to is Eve. Eve came out of man. Every other human being that has lived has come from the woman. So God is saying that right now, because of this violation and transgression, there's a hostility that will exist in the world between the devil and the children of God. It is, it is, it is not able to be satiated. Yeah, but you don't understand, Pastor, we got programs that's that's awesome that you got programs but it's, no no pastor you don't understand like our pastor he does crossfit and he wears a deep v and he's got like he's got ink he wears glasses he doesn't need he even talks like the world like if anybody can now i'm not sure what part you understand god said i will put enmity 
between your seed and her seed. You will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. The, the spirit of the world, you may think that you're appeasing it. You may think that you're befriending it. You may think when, when, when the George Floyd riots and Black Lives Matter and everything, people were very, very quick to post squares. And I didn't post a square because I just, I just went to the Holy Ghost and I said, Holy Ghost, hang on, this is chaos. But I know the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world does not care about black people. It, it doesn't. It, it's a load of BS. They don't, they, they will exploit or they'll manipulate and use it to gain more power for themselves. But don't ever think that they care. Because if they cared, they do something, they do something in a non-election year that actually relieves poverty in the ghettos, relieves poverty in the projects, that actually be getting them off welfare. They'd be, they'd be trying to help reestablish fathers in the house. You, you don't, there's nothing that happens until it's an election year. And then all they do is they create more riots and tension and, and crazy bringing destruction and everything, feigning like that. They don't care. And so I'm like, you know what? I'm not, I'm not freaking posting. I'm not aligning with that spirit. Because that spirit. And so we had friends that posted the square, said, hey, you know what? We're, we're listening. We're having the conversation. We're reevaluating. I'm, I'm different. I'm a different person. And they apologized. They apologized to the spirit of the world. But I'm, I just wish that these preachers would read the Bible because it says I'll put enmity. I'll put a fixed hostility. And so they, they, they went and genuflect and apologized. And the spirit of the world says, great, now that you have bowed before me, I will crush and destroy you. One of the biggest guys who apologized lost three campuses the next week. Three campuses that were leased, they retracted. Because that spirit cannot be appeased. We are not here to appease that spirit. It will bruise our heel. It's going to come after you. But the very heel that it bruises, but you will crush. We are here to crush the devil. We are here to crush the spirit of this world. We are here to defeat darkness. We are here to overthrow wickedness. We are here to expose and pull down the lies and the deceptions of the evil one. Can somebody say amen? amen. All right, come on. While I'm, while I'm on a roll, James 4.4. 4. James 4.4. 4. This is not addressed to anybody specifically in this room. <laughs> Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Don't do it. 1 John 5:19. 1 John 5, 19, we know that we are of God and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. We know that we are of God, but the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. 
So there's, a, there's, a, there's an opposite. Can you, can you see, see the opposite? So the spirit of the world is hostile to the things of God. It is anti the things of God. The, the Bible says that the spirit of this world will produce an antichrist. The spirit of this world will produce a man who defies, who hates everything that is God. Everything that's going on in the world right now, the gender confusion, the, the, uh, the attempt to eliminate or depopulate the planet. God said, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, male and female. He created them and he blessed them. So everything that God created in Genesis 1, you'll find the rage in the world because it's a spirit that is at enmity, at a hostility towards God. Jesus says, I will build my church and the gates of hell because he identified for me to build my church. We're building the church in hostile territory. Now, that doesn't mean that we are hostile to people, but you better believe we separate, we understand people from spirit. We understand people from spirit. Jesus is sitting at the Last Supper, and he says, the Son of Man will go as it is written. He'll be handed over to the Gentiles. They will, they will beat him. They will mock him. They will scourge him. They will crucify him. But on the third day, he will rise again. Far be it from you. This will never happen to you, Lord. Get thee behind me, Satan. Jesus loved Peter, but he separated the person from the spirit. He says, Peter, I love you, but that spirit ain't going to tolerate. That spirit has no voice at this table. That spirit has no answer. I'm, I'm nipping it in the bud right now. I'm, snuff, I'm exposing it for what it is right now. We love San Diego. We love the people of San Diego. We love people who are trapped in all kinds of sin. We love people who are trapped in gender confusion and, and you know, going thinking that maybe a transition will, will make them happy, it'll never make them happy. The reason I know it'll never make them happy is because they're believing a lie. No lie is of the truth. No lie produces good. There is not one lie that you can tell yourself or be told that will produce great things in your life. They believe a lie, it won't go well. We love people who are caught up in same-sex attraction. Because God is the God who can change the desires of our heart. But we love, we love the people, but we hate the Spirit. We go after the Spirit. We tear down the Spirit. Can somebody say amen? Uh, Jesus, uh, it's such a funny story. Um, the disciples, the disciples uh, have this argument about, you know, who's going to be the greatest in Matthew chapter 20. Who's going to be the greatest? And And... James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they send their mama. They send their mama to Jesus. And the mama comes to Jesus. And she says, you know, Jesus, could you do something for me? Because she was a cockney. And, um, and he's like, what is it, love? And she goes, my two sons, James and John, who are serving you, could you, when you get to your glory, could one sit on your right and one on your left? And then Jesus just sees through the ruse and he looks at James and John and they're like. <laughs> and he's like, um, he's like, guys, can you drink the cup that I'm about to drink? And they're like, yeah, 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 drinking a cup. <laughs> yeah, I like drinking. <laughs> and Jesus is like, oh, my gosh. He goes, you know what? You will actually drink the cup that I'm going to drink. But to sit at my right and my left, that's not for me to give. That's who the Father's already reserved, you know, looking forward. And so the Bible says when, when the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased. 
with the two brothers, but Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, the word Gentile means the people without God. You know that the rulers of the people without God rule or lord it over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. Whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So Jesus said, in this world, the way to greatness is through making yourself a servant. If you think about it, the airline that you fly, the hotel that you stay in, the, the restaurant you eat in, so much of it is based on how well they serve you. If you said, hey, I'm going to start a restaurant, what should be my number one priority? I would say above your menu and above having a high quality chef would be the way that you serve customers, serve customers. When, when, when people walk into the house of God, do they feel welcome? Do they feel sneered at? What's, it, what's their first impression? The problem with the first impression is you only get to make one. What's their first impression? When they walk into the house of God, what's the first impression? And so, so Leanne and I, the, the airline that we fly is United because United, the way that they look after us is just incredible. Now, there are people say, oh, United, man, there are better airlines and you should fly this airline, that airline. And, and maybe that experience would be good. But we just know that because United takes such great care of us, we have, we're part of a loyalty program where we will exclusively book with United. And in exchange, we have the most incredible service. We rank hotels and restaurants based on how well they serve. Jesus says this is the opposite to the spirit of the world. The spirit of the world, the, the rulers want to rule over. They want to enslave people. They want to dominate. He says, but if you want to be great, become a servant. The greater that you can serve people, the, the, the greater that you can minister to other people, you're going to be, be greater. So the greatest restaurants and the greatest airlines and the, the greatest hotels have already figured this out, that the greater they serve, the greater their reputation. Jesus is saying that's how you, how you win in this life. But it is opposite to the culture. The culture wants to rule over, wants to dominate, it wants to, wants to enslave. You go to communist countries and you'll find that there's no innovation, there's no entrepreneurship. They make a car and, and that's, that's all you get. If you want a car, this is the one because there's no... No, there's no desire to serve. There's no desire to serve. Capitalism forces people to serve. People say, well, hang on. No, no, you don't understand, Pastor. Capitalism is selfish and it's evil and it's the root of all problems. Well, let's, let's have a look at it. Capitalism, what the critics say, that if I'm a butcher and, you know, I make sausages, my motivation isn't to make great sausages for you. My motivation in capitalism is for me to capitalize on the fact that people like sausages, want sausages, want meat, and really I have my own selfish dream of having a luxury yacht and a big fat house and, and an awesome life. But you are going to pay for it. Uh-huh, see, that's the problem with capitalism. It's selfish. All right, well, now let's, let's look at it practically. For me to get you to pay for my dream... I'm not going to say, hey, anybody want to pay for me to have a big, fat luxury yacht and a big, fat lifestyle and an awesome, well, what do you, well how come there are no takers? How come nobody loves me like I love me? 
So now what I realize is, shoot, if I want them to buy my sausages, I better make some darn good sausages because right now there are a number of sausage vendors out there. So I better, I better think of what do they want in a sausage. I better actually put my dreams on the shelf and become good at serving their, their palate, their, their desires. And then, <clears throat> oh, wow, you can buy sausages at this market for this price. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and beat that price, serve you, get you a better price, but actually work on the quality so you get a greater quality at a better price. So instead of going to Vaughn's or Ralph's, you come to me and you start telling your other friends, man, we've never tasted sausage like this. And they're about 30% cheaper than if you go to the grocery store. What? And then all of a sudden, sales are going through the roof. And my dream is being, my dream is only realized when I empty myself to serve you. Communism is a lie. Communism says, give us more authority and we'll, we'll you know, make sure that we hand out equal to everybody. Obviously, I'm not going to be equal because I'm one of the elites that's talking about equality. I'm the one championing equality, so therefore I'm the one exempt from equality. And so it happens. So, so don't be deceived by, by the lies of the world. Somebody say amen. amen. All right, now come. Uh, there was another scripture I wanted to read. Um, all right, how did, how did the spirit of this world? So the spirit of this world, Genesis 11 Genesis 11 is the Tower of Babel. And they said, come, let us make, bake bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone, asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the whole earth. So the spirit of the world is all about you making a great name for you. It's about you exalting you. It's about you reaching the heavens, your name in lights, in the neon lights. Monday I was sharing with the, the, the worship team just saying that uh, in Psalm 137, the children of Israel are taken captive in Babylon. And while they're in Babylon, the Babylonians come to, us, come to the children of Israel and say, hey, sing us one of the songs of Zion. Come on, guys. We, we've heard about the, the songs that you sing in the temple. We hear about the songs that you sing. In fact, the Jews are known for their singing. Do you know Muslims don't have any worship? It's only Christians and Jews that worship. That, that, that singing is part of their worship. He says, come, 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 and, come and sing us one of the songs of Zion. And they're like, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? In other words, what they were saying is, you want us to bring a worship song that is sacred, that is dedicated, that is holy, and you want us to sing it for your entertainment. You want to lower what is sacred down to just entertainment. We ain't entertaining you. Our songs are not for your entertainment. Worship is for the glorification of God, not for... But the spirit of this world, the spirit of this world will say, well, I'll pay you. Hang on, whoa, 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 whoa. I'll exalt you. We'll put your name in light. You, you, you could be big, Katy Perry. You could have your name in Hollywood. You could be Whitney Houston. You could be Jessica Simpson. You could be. It, it will seduce your gift, but it'll reduce you. It'll seduce your gift, but reduce you to that of a performer or an entertainer. When Samson lost his strength and his vision, they brought Samson out to entertain the Philistines while they were getting drunk. 
we, we, we are a church that understands there is enmity in the world between the things of God and the things of this world. And we will not take what is pure and holy and anointed and sanctified and separated and treasured by heaven and bring it and make it common and just add it to another piece of entertainment in the earth. If you want to hear a song from Zion, I'd, I'd say to you, repent, get into the house, get into the temple and begin to draw near because you'll see that it's not just a song, it's worship and the angelic host traverse up and down in it. You'll feel something that you can't find in the world, that there's, there's a separation. Lucifer in Isaiah 14 says, how you are fallen from heaven, Isaiah 14, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations, for you said in your heart, listen to what he said, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to the grave, down to Sheol, down to hell itself, to the lowest depths of the pit. Those who see you will gaze at you and consider you saying, is this the man who made the earth tremble? who shook their kingdoms, who made the world as a wilderness and destroyed its cities, who did not open the house of his prisoners. In other words, Satan's saying, I'm going to exalt myself. And God says, man, you are working against a power and a force. If you exalt yourself, you'll only end up down. But if you humble yourself, you go up. The Bible says Jesus made himself of no reputation, taking on the very form not only of humanity but of a servant taking on death, yea, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him, given him the name that is above every other name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Satan, who's the self-exalter, ends up in the lowest parts of the pit with, with for all eternity. <laughs> I can't believe that's the, that's the guy. What a pathetic... For all eternity, whereas for all eternity, they'll be worshiping the Lamb of God who laid down his life to save mankind. So to finish, John 12, 24 to 26. Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world, he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. Where I am there, my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, my father will honor him. This is probably the, the scripture that I would say is the DNA of my journey. The DNA of my journey. When I left engineering, went to Bible college, I was saved. I was born again. But my operating system, like you get a new computer, it's still got the operating system of whoever programmed that computer. The operating system that I had was one of the world. So I'm like, oh, I've got to make a name for myself. I've got to knock on some doors. I've got to pass out some, some cards. Let me just say, when, when somebody comes to the church and says, hey, pastor, let me give you my credit card. I, and it says, you know, apostolic, evangelist, prophet, teaching, pastor, bishop, overseer, galactical, influencer. You may want to put me in your pulpit. I know it's the exact opposite. Because... That's the spirit of the world. If you're trying to make your, a name for yourselves, 
We want to make a name for ourselves, build a tower as top as in the heavens, put our name in neon lights, the spirit of the world. God doesn't bless it. So God says to me, he says, Jurgs, when you go to Bible college, this is what I need you to do. I'm like, God, well, you know, all these other people are getting to preach and all these other people, like people know them because their dad was a pastor and, you know, their dad, dad's with a, my dad was an atheist. Like this is, he's like, exactly. He says, this is what you're going to do. I said, he said to me, you're going to lay down your life and die. Like, ah, uh, <laughs> I left engineering. My father already has disowned me. People have already think I'm un poquito loco. And you're saying that the key right now is don't exalt yourself. Don't promote yourself. Don't make suggestions. Come on, faith without hints is dead. Don't hint. Hey, well, I've got a calling to bring. No, don't do any of that. He said, in fact, I'm going to send you to New Zealand, to another nation where nobody knows you. And, I, and so they, they said to me, oh, when you go to New Zealand, you're going to run this youth thing. And it'll be awesome. And I'm like, yes, finally. Yes, come on. The dream of youth pastor and youth leader. Me, I had dreams of preaching in stadiums. Yes, this, woohoo, this is going to happen. In New Zealand. And I get there. And when I got there, the day I started, the senior pastor came into my office and he said, listen, I've changed my mind. You're not running the youth thing. I am. But I need someone to do all the administration and logistics in the background. If you know anything about me, I'm an administratively challenged human so I'm like so I am lost the next seven years in administration for the next seven years I'm not building my dream I'm building his dream I'm not building my vision I'm building his vision and honestly there, there were moments where I was lost Jesus said, unless a, a, a kernel of wheat unless a, a seed falls to the ground and dies it'll remain a single seed but if it falls into the ground and dies, it'll produce much fruit. Each one of you are a seed. They say that any botanist can tell you, can look at an orange and tell you how many seeds there are in an orange. But only God can look at a seed and tell you how many oranges there are in a seed. Every single seed has the, carries the potential to be an orange juice factory. From one seed, We've got to say we've got we've got to we've got to save the world from global hunger and poverty. How are you going to do it? And they rage against the Bible. God said to Adam, "See, I've given seed to you; it shall be for food." In other words, Adam, you like watermelon? Have as much as you like. Plant the seeds. Oh, 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 oh! You you like apples? Have as much as you like. Plant seeds. You, you don't really like spinach? Don't plant as many seeds. Whatever you like, you just plant more of. Every seed will reproduce. You can have as much or as little of anything that you like. It's all in the seed. You are a seed. The seed has potential. There is potential on the inside of you. Does the, seed, does the orange seed know that it's going to be an orange tree? I, I'd say yeah. Because there's nothing in that seed that thinks any differently. The entire seed is DNA wired to be an orange tree producing fruit. You are a seed that is wired. Your dreams are an indi indication and an inclination of the destiny of the wiring of God for your life. I see myself. So how does that happen? 
you got to find soil where you can fall into the ground and die. I don't like this preach. I didn't sign up awaiting you to hear about dying. It's because... They found, they found seeds in a sarcophagus in Egypt that they said was about 3,500 years old. And they were sunflower seeds. And they thought after, surely after 3,500 years that they'll be past the expiration date, they won't work anymore. But they planted these seeds and as soon as they planted them, sunflowers grew. 3,500 years old, sunflowers grew. The potential for those sunflowers lay dormant for 3,500 years because they didn't fall into the ground and die. But when they found Psalm 92, 13, blessed are those who are planted in the house of the Lord. The greatest soil that you can plant yourself to cause the dreams and the destinies and the purposes of God to come to life and fruition is in the house of God. In the house of God, ministers. In the house of God, minstrels. In the house of God, worship leaders. In the house of God, songwriters. In the house of God, script writers. In the house of God, actors and actresses. In the house of God, technicians. In the house of God, you'll find that as you, as you, as you plant yourself in the house of God. Now, here's the thing. Here's the seed. Oh, my gosh, look at this. What, a, what, a, what an awesome seed. What kind of seed is that? It's an orange seed. Yeah, an orange juice factory. Man, that's an awesome seed. Yeah, we're going to just bury it. What happened to the seed? Well, I buried it. Where'd you bury it? Um, oh, shoot. Uh, somewhere in this patch here. Dig it up. No, I can't dig it up. If I dig it up, it's no good. There's a season of obscurity there's a season of anonymity there will be a season when you're like hey what about my dream hang on hang on whoa, whoa, whoa. enough about sterling's dream enough about sterling and marissa i'm serving I'm, I'm serving here like a there's been a hard day's night i've been working like a dog yeah you're in your season of anonymity Jesus said, if you can't be faithful with what belongs to somebody else, who will give you what is your own? God will always test you in a season of anonymity where all your work, all your labor is under the ground. Little sprouts, little roots going down first. The roots go down first before the, the sprout comes up. Can you serve another man's vision? Can you carry, be faithful with what belongs to another man? God is testing in the seasons of anonymity. Jesus said he's teaching a principle. Unless the Son of Man, unless I fall to the ground and die, I'll remain a single seed. Jesus was a single Son of God, perfect in fellowship with God. But he says, but if I die, I'll produce much fruit. When Jesus died and rose again, come on. If the devil was as smart as he tried to pretend he was, he would never have crucified Jesus. He's like, yeah, you know what we're going to do with you, Jesus, Son of God? Oh, you came to redeem your people? Yeah. <laughs> going to kill you. She's like, don't. <laughs> oh, stop it. Don't do that. Whatever you do, don't kill me. Okay, you're going to kill me? Don't put me in the ground, whatever you do. And seal the entrance. The last thing you want to do with the seed is plant it in the earth. Every plant, every plant, every flower 
Every organism was prophesying and the devil was blinded in his hatred that every seed, when it falls to the ground and dies, produces fruit. But if it remains, they took Jesus' dead body, and put him in a tomb. Let's put soldiers there. As if soldiers could stop the power of God. Every seed. Sometimes you'll see that they, they've concreted over, and the concrete cracks, and then that seed will always, because it, it goes towards the light, goes towards the sunlight. It'll overcome great difficult soils, great things to go and produce. Awaken you, the house of God is the soil. If you'll lose your life, if you'll lose yourself, if you'll be buried in anonymity, if you'll, you'll see this year as an opportunity to serve another man's vision. Each of you are going to be given an, an assignment and an area to serve. Lose yourself in there. But what about me? What about I? Can, that, that's all awesome. Trust God. Trust God. What you, what you gain with your hand, you have to sustain with your hand. And you can kind of do it when you're young, but as you get older, I've realized that God opens doors, no man can shut. And He shuts doors, no man can open. When God opens a door, for my life, I can walk through. I don't need anybody else to open the door. God, I don't need to hold the door open. I don't need to get a door jam. And God's opened that door. No man can shut it. The, the, the peace that comes with knowing that God has got your destiny. But this year, let yourself fall to the ground, die, be buried in the soil. And I promise you, you're going to sprout, you're going to flourish, and you're going to be a fruit-bearing plant. Come on, let's stand to our feet. Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. It may seem like opposite day, but it's the inverted upside-down reverse opposite kingdom. Hello. Come on, lift your hands high to heaven. Say these words. Say, Heavenly Father, I thank you that today I have the opportunity to plant myself as a seed in the soil, the fertile soil of your house. Psalm 92, verse 13, promises that those who plant themselves in the house of God will prosper. They shall flourish. They shall bring forth their fruit in season. Their leaves shall not wither. Everything they do, everything they do, shall prosper. Come on, if you receive that, give God a great break. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.